Thank you, Kay. <clears throat> Welcome to those online and those here this evening. And um, last week, the numbers of folk in attendance was up, and this week it's down. <laughs> Praise the Lord, you're here. And I pray the others are listening on the line. <clears throat> First John. First John chapter 4. Last week we looked at verse 4. We basically were considering overcomers, being overcomers. And who is an overcomer? And right next to chapter 4, verse 4, chapter 5 and verse 4 and 5, because it says... For whatever is born of God overcometh the world. So if you're saved, if you're born again, you're an overcomer. And this is the victory that overcometh the world, even our faith. Who is he that overcometh the world? But he that believeth that Jesus is the Son of God. That's what we looked at last week. So if you're a Christian, you're an overcomer. You might be a different, degre different degrees of overcomers. <laughs> overcoming the flesh, overcoming Satan, overcoming self. And uh, as we looked at the seven churches... The, the Lord exhorted them to be overcomers in different ways. Now we go to verse 5 of 1 John 4. They are of the world, therefore speak they of the world, and the world heareth them. We are of God. He that knoweth God heareth us. He that is not of God heareth us not. But this know ye that the spirit of truth and the spirit of error. And so <clears throat> we are up. Uh, Looking at these couple of verses tonight, we started last week, looking at criteria for testing the spirits, the test for the spirit of God, and um, the test for the spirit that is not of God. We looked at the conflict in testing the spirits, the conflict of relationships, verse 4, and we go on into verse 5. Those who are of God, as we remember, remember last week we looked at ye, verse 4, they and we. In the, it starts these verses off and others words that are used such in those verses um, <clears throat> those who are of God ye are of God the conflict of relationship we're overcomers those who are of the world verse 5 it's <laughs> we've already read it they are of the world their source the source of false prophets and evil spirits which he's been talking about the spirit of antichrist empowers them is the spirit of the world um, <clears throat> and last week we I think we mentioned some of the verses the sp spirit of the world and the spirit of the world is not certainly not the spirit of God now it says John twelve thirty one is the judgment of this world now shall the prince of this world be cast out said the Lord Jesus John fourteen thirty. Hereafter I will not talk much with you, for the prince of this world cometh nothing in me. And in first, uh, 2 Corinthians 4, 4, whom, in whom the God of this world hath blinded the minds. And so the source of these false prophets and evil speakers and wicked people is of the world, but Satan is the prince of the world. <laughs> and since Satan is the God of this world, he is the one that influences them. 
and that's just over in 1 John 5.19, says, We know that we are of God, and the whole world lieth in wickedness. Do we ever see that in the world today? The whole world lieth in wickedness. Understand that concept. I was talking to Brother Quinn after the service on Sunday and we were talking about Satan being the prince of the power of the air. How often, the question comes, how often does Satan get to go to the presence of God? He's the accuser of the brethren and he accuses them before God. How often is he doing that? You know, well, there's a lot, of, a lot of brethren in the world, isn't there? A lot of people who are Christians. How often does he go? In the book of Job, remember he went in the chapter 1 and then Job lost everything and it happened pretty quick. And then, when, and then it says in the second time, when the sons of God came to present themselves before the Lord to give an account of what they've been doing, Satan came the second time. And it seems like not a whole lot of time elapsed between those two visits. He's not permanently dwelling there, but he, he's summoned there and he, he must give an account. Can you imagine if you're like the leader of Hamas going and giving an account to the Israeli parliament? <laughs> quite an enemy um, <clears throat> kind of an enemy and, and all he does is get, <laughs> accuse the brethren anyway when he gets there and the Lord has some questions for him. Oh, we don't know what goes on a whole lot we have a little glimpse there in Job but the prince of the power of the air where's that what, he what, what heaven do we call that we talked about this the first heaven, the first heaven. and then the second stars. heaven, there's the stars, and then the, and we know there's a third heaven because Paul said, I was caught, well, he said, I know a man caught up to the third heaven. So that's the presence of God, as, as uh, I believe it was Paul who testified that. And so the prince of the power of the air, do you see him flying around? You, know, you, have, you have people today on the internet and things saying um, Gabriel's over there protecting Israel I have a picture of Gabriel uh, no <laughs> they're, they're seeing things or they're trying to get a gathering or a, a following in the, the sensationalism and the things that they put up there but um, <clears throat> they are of the world in the prince of the power of the, of the world old Satan these false teachers are delegates of the world commissioned by it and speaking for it and are approved by it. And we wonder why a lot of things that people think that they even think that, because they've been influenced by the people that are influencing them. You know, we talk about influencers today, don't we? A person who has influence and tries to get influence um, on, the, on the social media and that. <laughs> Be careful who you follow. And um, in Second Corinthians, no, in Ephesians 2, 2, in which in times past ye walked according to the course of this world, according to the prince of the power of the air. We used to. We used to be like that before we were Christians. Don't be intimidated by these people who are false teachers with theological degrees. Their impressive accomplishments, their prestigious companions, their clerical garb, I say garbage, 
their flaming oratory or their authoritative statements someone wrote. Don't be impressed by them. <clears throat> I'm from Harvard. <laughs> so what? <laughs> you know, you might have been given, fed a, fed a line that was totally false of the world. You know, that was started in 1636 by the Puritans. The Puritans, <laughs> godly people. Well, and we didn't get there. We were heading that direction. We are in England. I'm from Oxford. You've got to listen to me. I'm an expert. I'm educated. That was started in 1096. And guess who by? The Puritans. All these institutions we mention now were started by godly people endeavouring to train people for the ministry. But look what they're pumping out now. They're pumping out agents of Satan. Not all of them, but they're pumping out these sort of people with false ideas and, of God and his word. <clears throat> Princeton in America started in 1746. And who started that one? The Presbyterians started that one. Back then to train preachers. Cambridge. 1,209 it started. Christ College it was called. Yale. 1,701 in America. By the Puritans it was started. But you see, these people can say we're, we're the experts. Well, we know what we're talking about. Your local pastor knows nothing. You know nothing. Forget the Bible. Listen to us. That's the, that, that's the voice of Satan. This, the f source of these false prophets. They are of the world. Therefore, therefore, speak they of the world. Why do they get a gathering? Why can they get on media so easy and give their opinions? Because they are of the world. And the world likes to hear what they say. Their expert opinion. You and I as Christians need to go back to the Bible. Does the Bible say what you're saying? And even a, a teenager, maybe a Sunday school student who's been learning in the classes could say, no, 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 that's wrong. The Bible says this. <laughs> and, um, and pull them up. <clears throat> so 2 Corinthians chapter 11 and verse 13. For such are false apostles, deceitful workers, transforming themselves into the apostles of Christ. What a different world it would be if all these universities and high places of learning had stayed true to their purpose. You read their purpose, their, their statements back then of what they said we are, being, we are starting this for. Godly. What a different world we would live in. But no, they lost the plot, they lost it to the devil. And you can read on there. No marvel, Satan himself is transformed into an angel of light. It's no great thing that his ministers also transform themselves to be such. So their source and their supporters in the last part of verse 5, and the world here of them, and the world here. That's just as I mentioned, they love to have them giving their opinion. The media gets someone who's an expert in this area, and let's have him and give his opinion. Dr. So-and-so or Professor So-and-so. <laughs> and as a Christian, we can tend to just turn on and listen to see where he's wrong or where he's right. 
And um, sometimes you get a surprise. Ah, he's a Christian. He's talking Bible. He's of the Lord. And, and your spirit immediately connects. Um, <clears throat> so the world doesn't know the believer back in 1 John 3 and verse 1. Behold, what manner of love the Father has bestowed upon us, that we should be called the children of God. Therefore the world knoweth us not. Can't get what we're on about. Because it knew him, the Lord Jesus, not. Um, <clears throat> so uh, the world hates these who follow the Lord and the world loves those that follow the world. We, we are, I said that right, didn't I? <laughs> if you check me out, I'm not from Princeton, I'm not from Harvard, I'm not from Oxford. <laughs> I'm from a local Bible college. That's why when the... Baptist Med Missions came out and the AB, ABWE, uh, Association of Baptists for World Evangelism in Sydney. And the, Why did they come out? And what did they establish real early in the piece? Colleges, Bible colleges. To do what? Train men for the ministry. What we need is men in the ministry who know the Bible. And they, they set these up and others for that purpose. Remember way back when up at, up at Wagga Wagga we had uh, oh, he wanted to start a seminary help me who was his name Fred, Fred Whitman that's right He's, he, he wrote big letters all around Australia we're going to start a seminary halfway between Melbourne and Sydney and Wagga it, it didn't, didn't go <laughs> because we were flat out getting Bible college students and getting uh, people in pulpits to ministry to minister in that way these people have itching ears it talks about 2 Timothy 4 verse 3 and 4 uh, <clears throat> itching ears 2 Timothy 4 5 Paul warned but watch thou in all things he said to young Timothy young pastor so they of the world the conflict in relationships those who are of God overcomers and those who are of the world and there's a conflict in what they teach and preach and what they're about then the contrast of recognition in verse 6 we are of God, he that knoweth God, heareth us. It's going seems to be going over the same thing, doesn't it? Two tests replied here to those false prophets. The first involves their message. What do they teach about the Lord Jesus? Believers recognise God. We are of God. And uh, they are of the world. And I think of that those verses back earlier in chapter 2, verse 15. Love not the world, neither the things that are in the world. Men love the world, the love of the Father is not in him. And it tells us to be careful of the world. Believers recognise God, we're of God, we're not of the world. And secondly, in verse 6, believers recognise the servants of God. He that knoweth God heareth us. And John ten twenty seven, My sheep hear my voice, and I know them. My sheep hear my voice. Do you hear the voice of the Lord? You say, I'm missing something. No. The voice of the Lord is what? The word of God. We hear the voice of the Lord and through fellow believers and preaching and ministry. And uh, we recognise, yes, that's of the Lord. Uh, <clears throat> it's preached through the word. His voice was here once present, but now through the word it's preached. You can, might use an illustration, I've used it before, of meeting someone you've never met before from another country, another, you know, culture and everything, and you start talking to them, 
And then you it doesn't take long to realize they're Christians. This happened to me somewhere the other day. I was talking to someone and I said, Vic, you're a Christian. <laughs> yeah, just the way they spoke. But then if they're a Bible Christian, and I love this, the truth of God's word, then you can have fellowship real quick as you establish where are you, you know what, what do you believe. And, it, and so it goes and what an encouragement that is. And I've written down here Romans chapter 1 where Paul, who had not been to Rome, said these things about the Roman Christians in chapter 1 of, of Romans in verse 7. To all that be in Rome, beloved of God, called to be saints, grace to you and peace from God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. First, I thank my God through Jesus Christ for you all that your faith is spoken of throughout the whole world. See, Paul had heard in his ministry and ministries all around through Asia Minor, Turkey there, he, <clears throat> he had heard about the Roman church. The gospel had reached Rome. For God is my witness whom I serve with my spirit in the gospel of his son, that without ceasing I make mention of you always in my prayers. He had a connection already. They who are of God hear us. And Paul did hear of them making requests, if by any means now at length I might have a prosperous journey by the will of God to come to you. For I long to see you, that I may impart unto you some spiritual gift to the end ye may be established. He longed to be there. He wondered how they go going doctrinally. You know, I want to establish them, make sure they're, they're there in the truth. And he said he making requests. Did he get his request? Making requests, if by any means I might come to you? Did Paul go to Rome? Yes. He did, didn't he? <laughs> That's where he died. He went to Rome, all right. He got imprisoned twice in Rome. Um, he got a free ticket, too. <laughs> and, and it was a pretty rough passage, remember? He got shipwrecked and everything. Malta, the snake bit him and everything on the way. You'd say, well, uh, Lord, you can't be in this. We were at Caesarea on the coast. There's a Caesarea up north of Caesarea. And, and it had a thing that the Jews put up, a brass plug. This is where Paul left from on the ship to Rome. <laughs> in, in Israel, I, there was a lot of things I didn't expect to see, but verses of New Testament in plaques saying what happened here. And there's the pier, and there, the ship would have pulled in there and taken him off. Still part of it. It's still, it's still hanging together there. <clears throat> I remember having a meal right there where Paul departed from. He went to Rome, all right. He got there, but when... And what I'm saying of this is that he recognised their faith. He recognised our true believers. When we meet other Christians and we can have fellowship with them, it is a privilege and it's a joy to do so. Faithful servants who proclaim the written word of God. Uh, <clears throat> believers are not at the mercy of any preacher or who pretends to be a servant of God, whether it be from all those universities we've said before or not. Believers are not recognised by unbelievers. The third part of verse C, he that is not of God heareth us not. <clears throat> Have you ever herded sheep? And um, say you've got a thousand sheep and they've all got lambs or two twins. Sometimes they have triplets in your you heard them along and they all get mingled up, all, you know, in the group. And they get into the next paddock and, you, you know, they, you put them in another paddock and you let them go. And what are they all doing? Yeah, that's it. Who said that? <laughs> and then they, 
and there's a thousand of them do thousands of them doing it but they know the voice <laughs> they know the voice of the mum and the mum knows the voice of the little sheep the lamb and they find each other and their tail wags and they go for a drink <laughs> but um, <clears throat> it's good to recognize the voice of the shepherd and the voice of other sheep he that is of God heareth or his is not of God heareth is not it's not a, it shouldn't be amazing that when we talk to people that they don't respond they don't no I don't get what you're talking on about what, what, what's all that that's all new you know new to my ears and I put this down if you can go out and have a better time with unsaved people then you have fellowship with Christians you're not saved you're not hearing the right shepherd you're of the world that's what these verses are saying to us here in, in 1st John <clears throat> We are of God, he that knoweth God heareth us, he that is not of God heareth us not. And it concerns me when people call themselves Christians and have better times with unsaved people than they do with saved people. And even when the gospel is presented clearly, people do not get it. You know, pastors labour hard to present the gospel clear as crystal to... and. You just, well, and there's unsaved people in the midst, and you know that, but they don't get saved. They don't respond. And it just goes there or goes there and goes out. You know, it doesn't sink in. God has to save them. Well, sow the seed, water the seed, and God will give the increase. It's like Matthew 13 where the seed and the sower went out to sow, and there's four sorts of ground, four sorts of hearts, and the, the seed is the word of God. It's sown, and it penetrates some hearts. And the ones that does penetrate, well, there's a 30-fold, 60-fold and 100-fold reproduction or, or fruitfulness in their lives. So when you get down to it, 100-fold is only a few people that truly respond as God wants when they hear the word and hear it from a, a sound preacher. So we see here the conflict of rec recognition. Believers recognise God. Believers recognise the servant of God. Believers are not recognised by unbelievers. And fourthly, believers can recognise truth from error. As it says in the last part of verse 6, by this know ye the spirit of truth and the spirit of error. The more you get into God's word, the better you'll be able to detect if it's, if it's right or if it's wrong. Hereby know we the spirit of truth. Uh, <clears throat> And as we were in verse 1 of this chapter, try the spirits. We're commanded to do that. And all that followed down to verse 6 is to be applied. And, and now John says this will result in bringing, being able to discern on our, on our part whether they are of God. What do we say? He swallowed it hook, line and sinker. <laughs> he just took the whole lot. Let's not be gullible, but let's be like the Bereans who were more noble in that they searched the scriptures, whether these things were true or not. <clears throat> in 2 Corinthians chapter 4, verse 3 and following there, if our gospel is hidden, 
that is hidden from them that are lost. The God of this world has blinded their minds. It's amazing that anyone has the gospel penetrate when the light is shown to their hearts. It's of God, isn't it? The Holy Spirit comes and convicts that person and unlocks their understanding and makes them realise their sinners and lost. And because Satan's blinding them. Our business, working with the Lord, is to open their hearts to the truth, to the light of the glorious gospel of Christ, who is the image of God, that it should shine in unto them. We don't preach ourselves, we preach Christ. And so let's keep doing that and pray that God would open the hearts, doors of people who are rebellious relatives and friends and family that just said no, that God would open the door. And in fact, for someone I pray today, Lord, do whatever you have to to make them realise where they're headed. The one I'm thinking is very self-deceived. Do whatever you have to. Like I was talking to Brother Alan Mitchell today about camp and other things and talking about Israel. And we're just talking about how heavy God's hand has to come upon a whole nation for them to realise that Jesus is the answer, that he is the Messiah. And I said, it's going to be. It's going to take an awful lot of things to happen to them before they wake up. There's a bit of a knock on the door now, isn't there? And we need to pray as the gospel goes out in Israel that they also will hear. That they might be, as we shared this afternoon, part of the church for Christ. It says in Galatians, the last chapter, verse 15 of 6, for in Christ Jesus neither... That's not the verse. That is verse 16. And as many as walk according to this rule, peace be on them and mercy and upon the Israel of God. See, people take that and say, ah, see, we replaced Israel. We're the Israel of God. No. Now, this, this is referring to saved Jews. He's just been talking to Jews right through Galatians, Judaizers. The Israel of God is referring to saved Jews as in not contrast but maybe comparison with, say, Gentiles. And uh, <clears throat> that's that only verse that people can choose, that both Jews and Gentiles might respond to the gospel, that their eyes might be opened, their deaf ears might be opened. In Mark 4:16, the people who sat in darkness saw great light when Jesus was here, and to them who sat in the region and shadow of death, light is sprung up. Uh, <clears throat> and in